Shame reminds me of stress in that way. It's something we feel, but it isn't always something we recognize as being so detrimental to our health. But chronic stress is super detrimental to our health, and so is shame. Shame spreads within us and encourages negative behavior and thinking, sometimes without us even realizing that that is the cause. That is why these negative things are happening or why we're feeling these negative things. Hey guys, this is Coach K and you're listening to the Making Changes, Breaking Barriers podcast where we talk about you. This is about you, your mind, and your path. So like always, real quick to start, I just want to say thank you all again for being here, for listening, and for, yeah, just being a supporter of the Making Changes, Breaking Barriers podcast. This podcast is growing on a daily basis from the amount of downloads it's getting and the amount of listeners it's getting. So I really appreciate all the support that you are showing me. It's it's really awesome, to be honest. It's a lot of fun to be able to record these podcasts, to share my message, to share some of my experiences with the clients I've worked with all over the years, and also to share some of my personal story as well. And kind of off of that, today we're going to be talking about vulnerability. And it's hard to talk about vulnerability without talking about shame. So we're also going to be talking about shame today. And... I did want to let you know right off the bat that I'm going to be talking about my personal story a little bit. Now, I'm not going to get into any details. It might even leave some people wondering, and and that's okay. But I'm going to share vaguely a little bit about my personal story, about some of the trauma I've experienced, and, and the outcomes of that. So this isn't necessarily a trigger warning or anything like that. I just wanted to give a heads up that I am going to dive into that a little bit more today than I normally do. So let's just dive into it. And like I said, anytime we talk about vulnerability, we also have to talk about shame because these two are just so connected, okay? Shame is something we all experience. Not just those of us who have experienced trauma, but shame is truly part of what it means to be human. It influences who we are and how we behave on a daily basis, especially if we let shame kind of start to take over, if we let shame start to grow and build inside us over time, over months, over years, truly. And yes, shame is not something most of us like to talk about. Even me starting this episode talking about shame might feel uncomfortable for you because it just really isn't something that we talk about on a daily basis or that feels comfortable to talk about at all. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you shared with someone, someone that you trust, a loved one, a friend, someone along those lines, your deepest, darkest secrets? Or even not that extreme, when was the last time you confided in someone? a friend, you know, again, a loved one, someone that you trust about something you did wrong or said wrong or just, you know, don't feel great about, a a mistake that you made, something that you feel shame about. Maybe not that often, right? Maybe it is for some of you, but some of you might be sitting there saying, I don't really even do that, right? I don't talk to people about my mistakes or things that I don't feel good about or my darkest, deepest secrets. The shame that we feel is not something that we normally make part of our daily conversations. And this simply is the essence of shame. This is how shame builds. This is how shame 
grows inside of us. This is the problem. Shame derives its power from being unspeakable. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to quote Brene Brown a lot in this episode because this is basically the basis of her research, shame as well as vulnerability. And if you're not familiar with Brene Brown, which I'd be surprised because she's very popular in this field, but she is a researcher, a psychologist, a professor, and also a best-selling author. If you're into any sort of self-development type reading, I would highly recommend her book. Daring Greatly was one of the first ones that came out in 2015 that really, you know, where she made a name for herself. But when we ignore shame and when we avoid it, it truly becomes like a silent epidemic. Shame reminds me of stress in that way. It's something we feel, but it isn't always something we recognize as being so detrimental to our health. But chronic stress is super detrimental to our health, health and so is shame. Shame spreads within us and encourages negative behavior and thinking, sometimes without us even realizing that that is the cause. That is why these negative things are happening or why we're feeling these negative things. So part of my story and my trauma and just my experience as being a human being started when I was younger and in my younger years, I had an inappropriate relationship. This relationship lasted about a year and a half. I was young and naive and obviously there were others involved who were in the wrong, but I made a lot of mistakes as well, a lot of mistakes and a lot of things that I feel shame about that I feel guilt about and that I have continued to work through even to this day. But for a long time after that relationship, this was something I felt tremendous shame about, like to a very, very high level to the point that not a single soul knew about this relationship for six years because I kept it as a secret deep down in myself for, for that long. I held these feelings of shame deep inside of me. Like it was a little creature living inside of me and, and I let it eat away at me for years. And as that little creature ate away at me, it caused damage. Sometimes I realized why it was causing damage or, or I realized what I was feeling and what I was doing was probably happening because of this shame or because of this trauma that I was feeling and these unresolved emotions that I had and that I was avoiding. But sometimes I didn't realize it. Sometimes I had no idea that what I was doing or what I was saying had anything to do with that. But looking back and with the understanding and education and knowledge that I have now, as well as many therapy sessions, I know that it was. I know that it was all very related. And because I let this thing just build inside of me, this shame just grow, this little creature grow inside of me for so long, it, it was causing damage, okay? And like I said before, this shame that we feel or that we let grow inside of us encourages negative behavior and negative thinking. And it did this in me because I was allowing it to go untouched. I wasn't going to therapy. I didn't confide in anyone for six years. I just basically dealt with this on my own, but at the same time also wasn't dealing with it, right? I was letting it just brew deep inside of me. 
Some of these negative behaviors, including drinking too much, right? Drinking too much alcohol and then making poor decisions when I was under the influence of alcohol. It also included having a hard time handling my emotions, especially when it came to love interests. I either like sought the wrong type of people or I was making bad decisions when I was with the right type of person. So really toxic behaviors. And on top of all that, my overall mental health at this point was really low at the lowest point in my life to the point where I almost took my life one night. And again, that's not something that I have divulged to a whole lot of people. I'm not going to get into the details of that, but it is something that I continue to work through even to this day. And I have been in therapy for, for quite a few years now at this point, but at that point I wasn't. Now, I don't share this. I don't share all of this to overshare. And some of you may feel that way and and that's okay. And I don't share this even to leave you wondering about this relationship of mine, right? To like leave question marks up in the air. But I bring this up because I can't think of a more extreme example of what shame feels like and the detrimental consequences it can have on our life when it goes untouched. Shame may be something that we feel at times, but when it goes untouched and we just allow it to grow inside of ourselves, that's when things get bad, okay? After six years of keeping the shame of my mistakes held deep inside of me. I finally shared my story with a friend. Okay, just one friend, but I finally shared my story for the first time after six years of just letting this brew deep inside of myself. And I can't tell you the relief that it brought me. It actually makes me emotional even thinking about it because even though I was sharing with this one person, well, I wasn't sharing with the world, I was sharing with one person. It was the first time in six years as a young adult that I felt a little bit of relief. That moment, although looking back, it was nowhere near like the perfect moment. And I probably didn't say everything right. I don't like they probably didn't say everything right. But that moment was the start of my healing journey. It was the start of honestly, the Christina that I am today. It was the start of my ability to be the awesome wife that I that I believe that I am to be the loving dog mom that I am, to be the good friend that I am, the, the good daughter and sister. It was the start of me being able to be a coach and get into the profession that you know I am today and to be an educator. Because without letting that shame come out, I, I really believe I w- would not be anywhere close to where I am right now. But again, I cannot tell you how difficult it was to be vulnerable in that moment, not only because just being vulnerable is really, really difficult, but because of the time I let that shame build up and bury itself deep, deep down inside of me and let, and let it eat away at me, okay? The longer I let that go on, the harder and harder it became and the more detrimental it also became. So I'll say it again, and I'll say it in Brene Brown's words. Shame is an intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Shame is an emotion that affects all of us and profoundly shapes the way that we interact with the world. And it's also an emotion that's natural, but it's also harmful nonetheless. So let's get into this. Where does shame come from? 
we know that it can grow inside of us, right? I just talked about that. I, I told you my personal experience with that and how detrimental it can be. We know the more we let it grow, the more power it has, right? The longer that we just let it eat away at us, it becomes deeper, deeper inside of us, the more power it has. But where does it come from in the first place, right? If it's this natural thing, where does it come from? As humans, we have a need for connection. We have a need for connection. We have a need for love and we have a need for belonging. We're wired to seek the company of others and we feel that we need to belong to a group and those groups could be different things. When I say group, don't think of like, oh, I belong to a Facebook group or something along those lines, right? Like a group could be, you know, a group of people who are college educated. A group could be your group of friends. Your group could be your family members. A group could be a lot of different things, where you work, you know, et cetera. Okay. And Any disconnection we feel from these circles or these groups can cause true emotional and physical pain because again, this, this need for connection is a, is a natural instinct, a natural essential thing that we need as humans. So what is behind our feelings of shame? What's behind our feelings of shame is the belief that we're not worthy of love, connection, and belonging. Okay, so this is where shame come from. It, it comes from starting to feel like we're not loved, starting to not feel that connection anymore, and starting to feel like we don't belong. Okay, so I want you to think about yourself for a second here. And I want you to think about the last time that you made a mistake. And this doesn't need to be some like massive mistake or like a life-changing mistake, right? This can be something small. Forgetting to close the garage, leaving the keys in the front door, not shutting the fridge all the way, forgetting to record the big game. Okay, those are just the small mistakes I've made basically this week, but hopefully you can think of something on your own. And when you made this mistake, did you feel shame or did you feel guilt? And let me break this down a little bit more if you're still like, I'm not sure, right? What's the difference? Okay, so shame is different from guilt, for example, in in that shame is us saying, I am bad, right? I am not good enough, okay? Versus guilt being, I did something bad, or I made a mistake, or I didn't do that good enough, not that I am not good enough. So when you made the mistake that I asked you to think about, did you acknowledge you made a mistake or did you beat yourself up? about not being good enough as a human or as a wife or as a friend or whatever it is. There's a big difference here because one is going to start the shame spiral and one is just going to hold you accountable for the mistake that you made and allow you to learn from it and move forward. Okay. Yes, I did make a mistake. Now, how can I grow from this? Okay, what can I learn? How can I be a better wife moving forward? How can I be a better friend moving forward? How can I just be a more responsible adult and not leave the keys in the front door, <laughs> right? That doesn't make me a terrible person. As silly as that sounds, it, it, uh, that obviously could turn out really bad. So that is something I need to work on, to be completely honest. But if we feel the latter of the two is, is true, this is shame, Okay, if we feel like the approach that we take when we make a mistake or we feel like we didn't do something right is that we beat ourselves up as just the person that we are, that we're not good enough anymore, we're not a good wife, we're not a good friend, and so on and so on. I'm not a good employee. 
for as long as we hold on to this shame, it will make it near impossible to satisfy the basic need of belonging. And like I've said, this is a need. This is a need of, of being a human. So just like any other need, if we don't get enough sleep, if we don't drink enough water, if we don't get exercise, if we don't have this, this feeling of belonging, things start to spiral in the direction that we do not want them to spiral. So how do we combat this shame? If shame is a natural thing, we talked about where it comes from. We talked about what it looks like. How do we combat it? When it does start to to come up, when we do start to have that negative self-talk, when maybe that shame does start to grow a little bit inside us after a week, even after a month, even maybe after a year, or maybe you were like me and you're six years into this shame spiral. By the way, that is okay. There is a way out of it. But how do we move past it? so that we can move forward and so that we can grow because that's so important. We have to be able to take that first step to stop that shame growing inside us and to stop the shame from burying deep, deep inside of us. Okay. So I want to share another quote from Brene Brown. I know I'm bringing her up a lot, but like I said, this is, this is her wheelhouse. So I thought it was, was appropriate. Shame needs three things to grow exponentially. Secrecy, silence, in judgment. Those are not authentic responses. So dealing with shame while maintaining authenticity and cultivating more courage, connection, and compassion in your relationships is what's needed. It's a tall order, but one of the byproducts of being able to move through shame constructively is that people who come out the other side by default feel braver, more connected, and compassionate. First of all, I want to exaggerate It's a tall order. Just like I leave you guys with at the end of this podcast, you know, every time, every time I record, this is not going to be easy, right? Making any sort of change in our life and stopping the shame spiral is a change that we can and sometimes need to make in our life. It's not going to be easy. And just to say it in another way, it's going to be freaking hard. Okay. But doing it with courage, finding connection, and compassion from others as well as ourselves and being our authentic self through the process is dealing with shame. And all of that, because you might be thinking, okay, Christina, that's great, but you just said like a lot of words and I don't really know even how to put that into play practically, right? All of that truly leads to vulnerability. Unfortunately, for the longest time, our culture has viewed vulnerability as associated with failure and disappointment. Believe it or not, not many when first asked about vulnerability are going to have a positive reaction to that, or they may not believe that vulnerability is just a positive thing in general. But while being vulnerable can be associated with dark emotions such as fear, grief, or even sadness, it's also the root of our positive emotions, love, joy, empathy, and so on. So vulnerability is one of those things that there are two sides of it, right? And it is one of those things that doesn't always mean it's going to be rainbows and sunshine, okay? Being vulnerable is going to be uncomfortable. Being vulnerable is uncertainty. It is risk. It is exposure. It's that unstable feeling we get when we step out of our comfort zone or do something that forces us to loosen control, to let go of the reins of our life, of our emotions, of everything that we're trying to do or say or be a part of, okay? But vulnerability is also the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, 
courage, empathy, and creativity. Okay, it's the birthplace of all these amazing things that also make us feel amazing. They make us feel great and they really allow us to flourish in everything that we're doing in our life. Imagine that uncomfortable feeling before you do something new. Like maybe it's the first day of a new job or walking into a group fitness class for the first time. You've never been to this gym before. You've never been to this yoga studio before, whatever it is, Pilates, you know, so on. Okay. It's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. You don't know what you're walking into. You don't know anyone who's that's there. You don't know how hard you're going to have to push yourself. And there may even be some fear, okay, walking into this situation. But what happens once you get going? What happens once you realize I'm here, I'm doing it. I pushed through that fear. I pushed through that uncomfortable feeling and I'm here and I'm doing this. What happens is that you start to realize your strength. You start to realize your courage and you are literally growing as a person right before your own eyes. So vulnerability is a great thing. Okay. We all should be embracing vulnerability. It should be something that we're doing and thinking about consistently, constantly, maybe not necessarily on a daily basis, but I think it was the famous Jim Valvano who said to me, there are three things everyone should do every day. Number one is laugh. Number two is think, spend more time and thought. And number three, you should have your emotions move you to tears. If you laugh, think and cry, that's a heck of a day. And I think this really points to that vulnerability, right? If we're letting ourselves be so, have so many emotions that we are literally coming to tears, I can't think of something that really embodies vulnerability more so than that, right? So how do we do this? How do we embrace vulnerability? Because embracing our vulnerability can help us learn and develop. It can help us grow as a human. It can help us be the person that we want to be. And it's only by taking risks and daring to expose our work and our thoughts and our emotions. And not just even saying that like feels uncomfortable to me, like exposing our work, exposing our thoughts to the world, right? To our, it doesn't need to be to the world, but to like the people that we love, the people that we're surrounded by, the people that we care about, exposing our emotions and even exposing our mistakes at times, this can help us improve ourselves. And I think one way that we can truly embrace vulnerability and and remind ourselves to not go down this shame spiral when those feelings of shame start to arise is to remember that you are enough. Just as you are, mistakes and all, you are enough. You are loved. You are worthy unconditionally and you belong. Always remembering this you are enough is truly, I believe, the first step to really truly embracing vulnerability. It's really natural for us to always want more and to always want to improve ourselves. Like improving ourselves is not a bad thing. Most likely in some aspects, that's maybe why you're here listening to this podcast because I talk about change a lot, right? And and these improvements that we can make. But what we want to ensure is that this feeling to improve is not stemming from a need to shield ourselves from harm, right? Like, like I was saying before, I made a mistake. Okay, now I'm thinking, okay, I'm a bad person. Okay, now I'm thinking I need to change, right? Like that is not going to end well because in that middle step, you're, you're starting that shame spiral, right? And like I said, until that is recognized, negative things, negative thoughts, negative emotions, negative actions will start to happen. It's actually really common for people to look around at social media 
TV, friends and family, you know, and other sources that we have around us to, to look at and to think if only we were rich, successful, popular enough, we'd be immune to pain and disappointment or how Brene would phrase it. How can we rid ourselves of vulnerability? But in reality, vulnerability cannot be overcome and we shouldn't want to. This desire for perfectionism, to have all the money in the world, to be as successful as these other people that we're seeing and so on and so on, is a way to mask vulnerability. It's a way to shield ourselves from the possibility of failure. But when we start accepting that we are enough, this enables us to unmask ourselves and reveal our vulnerability, which can be so beneficial. Like I was saying, it can breed those things like love, like connectedness, like joy, like empathy. By ridding ourselves of the unreachable goal of perfection, we're actually able to open ourselves up to possible criticism or failure without letting it define who we are, okay? Because the reality is the journey will never be perfect. You've heard me say that before. I know that's not new, but it's something that it's a feeling, it's an emotion, it's a thought that we have to fight because that is something that society has put in our head, right? That we can't make these mistakes and we can't have these failures and we should feel shame about them. We should feel bad about them. But in reality, that's all part of the journey and that's being vulnerable is being able to acknowledge and say, I did make this mistake. I did have this failure, but guess what? I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to keep going. The last thing I want to leave you guys with is a big part of being vulnerable, I believe, is asking for help. You do not need to be an expert in everything. And most likely you aren't, or I should say 100% you aren't. There's no one out there who's an expert in everything. So it's okay to ask for help. This does not make you weak. It makes you vulnerable, which is a good thing. But again, I want to acknowledge, I know that this can be super hard. It took me six years to even tell a friend my story, let alone asking for help. I think it was around 10 years after that relationship that I ever even went to therapy in the first place. So Believe me, I know that this is hard, but I can't tell you how much it changes things and it, it allows you to, to start to move forward and move past that shame that you feel when you ask for help. And don't stop, right? If you build up the courage and the vulnerability to go and ask for help, don't stop. Keep asking for help. Sometimes this happens. I, I see it with clients. They'll maybe ask for help in the way that they'll join a program, right? Like they join our program. They, that is them asking for help. They like kind of throw their hands up. They're like, I need help when it comes to my fitness and my nutrition routine. But then once they are in the part of the program, they stop asking for help. It is not our expectation that once you join the program, you're, everything's going to be perfect. It, you know, actually the opposite is true. I know from experience that when someone is going through a health journey, there is going to be roadblock after barrier, after hill to climb, after, you know, the big cliff in front of you, that's going to happen consistently, constantly. Okay. And that's why we're here, right? That's why you sought out that help in the first place. So that this isn't just a one-time thing. Keep asking for help as you keep coming across these challenges. Keep being vulnerable. Vulnerability is not just a one-time thing. It's something that we should be embracing constantly, okay? So that's what I'm going to leave you guys with today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of my story today and in my life as it is today. Like I said before, if it wasn't for finding a way out of that shame spiral, I wouldn't be here. So I truly, truly believe in, in this message and I hope it resonates with you. 
changing your path will not be easy. It will be challenging. I will say that over and over again, but it will be worth it. So do a self-check today. Are you on your path up your mountain? And if not, what path are you on? Thank you.